You're listening to or watching our Wednesday Zoom Bible study. My name is Pastor Michael Eton, and I want to welcome you to tonight's uh, Bible study. You may be uh, watching or listening in the morning and afternoon or in the evening or whatever time you join us. We want to welcome you uh, to our study tonight. Before we get into the study, however, we want to take this opportunity to extend the personal invitation for those who may be watching online or through our podcast and you're in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, and you do not have a church home. We want to extend this personal invitation for you to join us this coming Sunday at the 11 a.m. service. Bring a family member or friend with you. We'd love to see you in this place. You can go ahead and visit our website at www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com. And there you can get to know us. Once you get to know us, I encourage you to go to the bottom to click uh, and follow or friend us on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube page. We'd love for you to be a part of our Cyber Church family. But ultimately, we want to see you here in this place this coming Sunday at the 11 a.m. service, if you'd like to join us in Sunday school. Sunday school starts at 10 a.m. Again, you've joined us for our Wednesday Zoom Bible study. It's meant to be a time from 6 p.m. to 6.40. However, we allow the Holy Spirit to move as he would uh, over my shoulders the way the program goes. Opening prayer, the announcements, the reading of the word, the introduction video, the Bible study, and the invitation and benediction. So let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you once again for this uh, ability and availability to open up your word, Father. Somebody tonight needs to hear a word from you, Father. We pray, Lord, that you hide us behind your word that you might speak, Lord, for your people need to hear from you, Father. Forgive us of our sins, wash us and cleanse us that we might be in right fellowship or relationship with you, that we may hear a word from the Lord. We thank you, Father, for speaking and moving in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise the Lord. A few announcements before we get into the word. As always, Bethlehem, I want to challenge and encourage you to fast and pray this coming Friday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. As many of you know, there's many of us that are carrying heavy weights and heavy burdens during this time. And Jesus said, this kind comes out but by prayer and fasting. And we want you to fast and pray this coming Sunday. Um, or Friday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. We want you to fast and pray also for Sunday and Bethlehem with your burdens in Jesus' name. Also, we want to encourage you to fast and pray for the 16th pastor's anniversary. We're so excited about what God is about to do on this day, uh, 11 a.m. service, uh, Minister Chad Gray. And son of our church, Reverend Michael Ford from Community Missionary Baptist Church there in Norman, Oklahoma, is going to be our 11 p.m. preacher. And we want you to come on out as we celebrate 16 years in the ministry right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. 
And also, I want you to be fasting and praying for us, Bethlehem. We have some exciting news. We're starting uh, to broadcast a word from the Lord on the Now Television Network. And as you can see above uh, the different cable channels, as well as satellite television, Roku, Apple TV, Amazon, as well, and we're excited about what God is about to do. And we're asking you to fast and pray for us as we go. And it's going to start the first Sunday in June. So please be fasting and praying for that as well, as we are excited about this new opportunity to serve God. And uh, this uh, television network says they reach up to, I think, the satellite long reach up to a 160 million households uh, in Africa and in Europe. So we're excited about this and pray that God would use us in a mighty and an awesome way in Jesus' name. Tonight, Bethlehem, we are continuing a series that I've entitled What to Do when your life has been utterly devastated. What to do when your life has been utterly devastated. Somebody's listening at the sound of my voice and your life has been utterly devastated like the disciples that we've been studying all month long. We studied it and we see how their life was utterly devastated simply because they really didn't listen and stand on the word of God, simply because uh, they misjudged what Jesus had come to do. Uh, and Jesus was trying to prepare them for this time of devastation when he mentioned uh, John chapter 16, verse three, these things I've spoken unto you that ye might have peace in this world, ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. There was going to be some tribulation, but Jesus would overcome it. But in order for them uh, to make it through that time, they had to be able to stand on the word of God. And they didn't stand on the word of God. This month, we have been learning how Jesus and disciples, from Jesus and disciples, what to do when your life is utterly devastated. We talked about it. When your life is utterly devastated, you got to keep some stuff. You got to keep the Lord. As the back of 3 and 18 says, well, he couldn't understand what God was doing in the life of the people of God. Why he was going to let the Babylon pagan nation come and destroy him. He had to have some of that yet praise. And he said, yet I will trust in the Lord even when I don't understand. And keep uh, loving uh, was a message that we uh, watched and saw that the people or the women were in the right place before the wrong reason, but it was their love that brought them there. And we tried to get you to look back at Matthew chapter 16. We'll keep learning. Jesus was telling them, Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 17, to keep listening. He was telling them, keep looking in Matthew 20, and keep living. As we shared this last Sunday, he was telling them. And today we're going to talk about keep lurking. And the last message we're going to see is keep the lessons, keep the lesson. But we're talking about today, keep lurking, keep lurking. That's an odd title. But we're going to see how the disciples did not stand on the word of God. But we're going to see how the, the, the chief priests and the Pharisees 
how they stood on the word of God or they listened what Jesus had to say and they did something about what they listened about. Let's look at it in the text. Matthew 27, verse 62 through 64, it says, And the next day, the day after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, the deceiver said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception would be worse than the first. I read to you Matthew chapter 27, verses 62 through 64. As we share tonight a message entitled, Keep Lurking. We, we're going to see three things in the text um, and how they were lurking. They were concerned about the resurrection. They had some consideration about the resurrection and they had chains, the chains of the resurrection. They were concerned about it. They considered it and they put chains on it to stop it. Christians should also remember what the word says to apply to their lives. Let me say that again. Christians should also remember what the word says to apply to their lives in Jesus' name. We're going to look at this brief video and then we'll get into the word. I've been asked many times how a person can increase their faith. Let me suggest something. If you want to have faith, you really want to have the faith of a chief priest or a Pharisee. Let me explain. Before he died on the cross, Jesus told his disciples many times that he was going to be crucified, and they refused to believe him. In fact, when Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan, to Peter, it was because Peter was denying that Jesus would ever die on the cross. But Jesus was indeed crucified, and the hopes of the disciples died with Jesus. On the road to Emmaus, two of his followers unwittingly said to Jesus, we trusted that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. What they said without saying was, how wrong were we? But look at the contrast. After Jesus had been nailed to the cross, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate saying, sir, we remember that that deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days, I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulchre be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead, so the last error shall be worse than the first. While the disciples had forgotten what Jesus had said, Jesus' enemies, the ones who nailed him to the cross, remembered everything that he had said. They believed Jesus would act on what he had said, and that's faith. In their case, it wasn't saving faith. But too many people who identify with the church don't have saving faith either. Jesus said it. The Bible states it. We then expect it to be so. That's faith. I've heard the question, are you as smart as a fifth grader? We might want to ask, do you have as much faith as a Pharisee? I sincerely hope you do. I'm John Bradshaw for It Is Written. Let's live today by every word.
Amen. And praise the Lord. This is the map of Jerusalem. And Jesus had gone through six trials on the night of which he would die. He was at Anna's house, who was chief priest that was uh, uh, set up by Rome. He went down, and that was the first trial, down to Caiaphas' house, which was the Jewish high priest. And uh, then you see the Sanhedrin come together. That was the third trial. They would send him from uh, Caiaphas' house over to Pilate's house, and Pilate would send him over to that was uh, four, send him over to Herod's house, and that was five, and they would send him back from Herod's house to Pilate's house, which was the sixth trial, and then they would send him to be crucified. This is here, him carrying the cross here, and he would be crucified. Up here is where he was, and here is Calvary. Galgotha, the place of skull, is where he would be buried. And he would ultimately raise on the third day. So they remember what Jesus said. Now, the disciples were scattered. They did not remember what Jesus said. He was telling them, I talked all month long about how Jesus was preparing them for this time. But they did not remember the word of God. And whenever you forget the word of God, you will fall prey to the circumstances in your life. They didn't remember, but however, these old guys did. These guys did. And, 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 and these guys down here, Caiaphas, and, and they went on over to Pilate because Pilate was the one that uh, had him crucified. And they remembered what Jesus said. They remembered what Jesus said about getting up on the third day. He told them exactly what was going to happen. Like in our lives, he tells us exactly what's going to happen. In this life, we will have trials. And we will have tribulations. And many times we get overtaken by the trials, overtaken by the tribulation in our lives. And we forget to remember what Jesus said. Jesus said that I have overcome the world. And yes, Christians do go through tribulations and trials. That prosperity preaching is alive from the pit of hell. We all will go through something in this life. We all will lose loved ones in this life. We all at one time, unless you're really, really blessed, will be sick and have to go through uh, something that we didn't want to hear from the, what the doctor said. We, we all go through trials. Jesus was trying to prepare them for this exact moment. Even as God through his word is trying to prepare you for this exact moment in Jesus name. But this is what they did. They remember they were concerned about the rest of the day. The, the next day, uh, one day after preparation day, the chief priests, and the Pharisees came to Pilate. They remembered what he said. 
and they accused the disciples of going there and trying to take the body and say that he was raised, but the disciples did not remember what he said. The disciples' lives was utterly devastated. Somebody's listening at the sound of my voice, and you don't remember what God said. Your life has been utterly devastated when God is trying to give you a clue through tonight's message that he said something. And he said it, but you didn't listen. But other folk listen. Other folk believe, like the video says, the faith of the Pharisee. Now, it was the wrong kind of faith, but they had enough sense to remember what he said. Can you, when you get the doctor's diagnosis, remember what God said? Can you, after the accident, the incident, the the tragedy in your life. Can you remember what God says? If you're sick in your body, can you remember that there's still a bomb in Gilead? Can you remember that Jesus said, go and be cleansed and heal the 10 lepers? Can you remember that God raised Lazarus from the dead? Can you remember that he fed 5,000 folk can you remember he did it another time and fed 4,000 folk and he took a kid's happy meal? Can you remember what he said? The chief priests remember? And they came one day after the day of preparation. Mark 15 and 42 says, now it was already evening since it was preparation day. What was preparation day? That is the day before the Sabbath, the day before the Sabbath, they came after the Sabbath, went ah, to Pilate and said, we remember what Jesus said. Hello, somebody. Can you remember what God says through his word? Don't let the Pharisees or those who are religious out uh, maneuver the word of God. Can you remember what he said when you're facing a situation? You got in order to do that. You got to be lurking. I said, keep lurking because that's what the, the, the Pharisees did. They was lurking on Jesus. Even after he died, they were lurking. And we got to lurk over the word of God. Hello, somebody. Let me say it again. We got to lurk over the word of God. We got to watch it. We got to see it. We got to know what it says. And here's the point number two, the consideration of the resurrection. It says, sir, he said, we remember that while he was still alive, that the Seber said, after three days, I will rise again. They said, we remember. Uh, I always talk about Christians and their unholy ah, remembrance, unholy amnesia. We forget what he says, especially in the midst of the storms of life. We could remember what he said, peace, be still in the midst of the storms as opposed to panicking and believing. Ah, when we see Jesus coming after us and think that there's a ghost, if we can remember what he said, if we can remember what he did, they had considerations about what he said, we, they said, remember while he was still alive, called him a deceiver while he was still alive, 
that after three days, I will rise again. That's their consideration for the word of God, but they're doing it wrong. They call him the deceiver when they were the deceivers. That's what the devil does. He, he puts people around you calling you a deceiver when they themselves are the deceiver. Hello, somebody. They call you everything but a man of God or a woman of God uh, claiming that you are a deceiver when they themselves are a receiver uh, or deceiver and they're taking the word of God out of context. They took the word of God out of context because they were trying to stop his word from coming true. And guess what? You can't stop God's word from coming true. You can't stop God's power at work in and on your life. People can accuse you of being a deceiver, but they can't stop God's work in your life. If God said it, that settles it in Jesus name. They try to remember and took the word out of context, but at least they did remember something. Where were the disciples? You've heard me say many times, Bethlehem, they should have been tailgating. They should have been with the women, not there to prepare the body, to continue to prepare the body for the grave, but they should have been there uh, waiting for his resurrection because he told them, so can you meet God on the other side of your trial? on the other side of your tribulation. Can you believe that God is going to be with you in and through it all? Can you believe that he's going to work this time in the same way that he worked last time? Can you believe that there's still a bomb in Gilead, that he's still a healer? Can you believe his word? Not like the deceivers. They were trying to believe to stop his word. You believe the word to live out his word. Hello, somebody. In Jesus' name, they had a consideration. Uh, Matthew 27 and 64 says, so give the order. This is what they were doing. They were trying, they took the word, trying to stop the word. And they said, give the order that the tomb be secured until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead. And this last deception would be worse than the first. Boy, look at them old deceivers themselves. They had a plan where they were going to stop God working. And there's some folk in the church that try to have a plan to stop God from working at the church. And many times their plans uh, to stop God from working at the church is they stop coming to the church. Hello, somebody. And think somehow that the church won't survive without him. But Guess what? When God is at work, his work continues on and you can try to stop God working. Oh, but you can't stop God's working. No man can stop God's working, even if they know what God is about to do. Exactly what he said he would do. They cannot and will not stop God from working because God is too powerful. They can come up with all kinds of plans. but They can't stop God from working. And that's, not, that's why we always say that the doctors don't get the last say. If God says different, your body will be healed and you will be made whole again. If God says different, um, they can come back to the test and say, we don't see it anymore. God says different. He can use the surgeon to fix uh, your bones and to fix your heart. If God says different, he has the power 
I believe in Jesus' name to do it in Jesus' name. We stand on his word. We even as Christians, we have to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even if he won't. Even if God won't save us from the fire, we still won't bow down. We have to have that kind of faith. We believe that he can if he wills, but if he wills that he won't, we still will stand on the word of God and have faith to the end because we all have an end. We all have an end. And we've got to have faith and fight the good fight of faith until we die remember we used to sing songs like we are the soldiers in the army of the lord remember the last part of that song said one day he got old he couldn't fight anymore but he said he'll stay here and pray anywhere we're oh oh we are the soldiers in the army of the lord and we must fight on until we die and we don't live forever but we serve him until the day that we die in Jesus' name. They tried to stop the word of God. They tried to stop Jesus Christ. They gave orders to secure until the third day. They knew exactly what he said he was going to do. They didn't say audit on the first day, audit for the second. They said the third day. They knew exactly but his disciples that they accused who would come back and steal it had scattered because they didn't stand on the word of God. We've got to keep lurking. We got to look at that word even in times of trouble. We need to look at it more and listen for him more. They tried to chain the resurrection. Verse 64 says, so give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Give the order to try to stop God on or before the third day. They tried to chain the resurrection. Right now, the devil is trying to change you. He's trying to hold you back. He's trying to hold you down because of the circumstances that he allowed to put in your life because of the sickness that, that God allowed uh, him to put in your life because of uh, everything going haywire in your life. The devil is trying to chain you to stop you from accomplishing his will for your life. He's trying to make you sick in your body so you can't live to preach or to teach the word of God. He's trying to make you crippled so you can't walk. But, but God says, don't allow the chains to stop you. They couldn't stop the will of God in the life of Jesus. They couldn't stop the will of God in the life of the disciples. And you're listening at the sound of my voice, these chains that are, are ailing you, that are causing you oh, to be concerned about your provision because you're out of month. Because you've run out of money, but there's more to the month. Um, you're having car issues. There's stuff is going haywire in your house. And, and it seemed like that all hell is breaking loose in your life. The devil's trying to chain you. He's trying to stop his will for your life. But you've got to press on 
in Jesus name. And you've got to stand on the word of God and believe by faith that God can enable you to overcome this circumstance, this situation that I will not stop. The devil can try to change me, but in the words of that song, I'm going to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. You can give all the orders that you want to give, but I'm here to tell you, you cannot stop the will of God in my life. I'm here to tell you, you can't stop the will of God in the church. You can't stop the will of God in your family. Well, God says it, that settles it in Jesus' name. But they, they were going to try. They were going to try Matthew 28 and 6 says, and, and I love this, he is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Uh, it's an interesting thing. They came back, and these were the women I told you that they, they, they kept loving because it was their love for Christ that sent them back uh, on that uh, after, uh, on that third day. It was their love for him that put him there. It wasn't their lurking on the word of God. If they were lurking on the word of God, they would have said, he always said. And I, I proved that this whole month. He always said that this was going to happen. He always said that he would go to Jerusalem. He always said that the priest be turned over to the priest and the Pharisees. He always said that he would be crucified, which means he would be turned over to Rome. And as I showed you earlier, he always said that this would happen. We showed you earlier that this six trials on that night before he was crucified, he always said to the very details that this was going to happen. And he always said that he would rise again on the third day. Guess what? Matthew 28 and 6 is the third day. The women big went there. They were there for the wrong reasons, but they were there because they loved him so, which means it encouraged us to obey God. Even when we can't understand the circumstances, just keep serving him. Keep being in the place that you're supposed to be. And, and, and you'll meet God right where he is, even in the point that you don't understand. And, and, and it says he is not here. I like this. Uh, really the third uh, part of this he has risen well you know i love the risen part but i love the third part because it said just as he said exclamation point just as he said bethlehem just as he said he told you that you're going to have trouble in this world he told you that he has overcome the world so what you've got to do is you've got to keep loving him, keep serving him, keep faithful to him, keep, oh, believing in his word, keep, even when you don't understand, you've got to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding because you can't understand why is all this misery happening around me? Why am I sick in my body? Why am I having all these issues, you got to understand that God is able in Jesus' name. And he's able to do what he said he would do. 
just as he said, Bethlehem. Just as he said. Just as he said. Now, the devil can't stop Bethlehem when we're in the will of God. He can try to have folk come against us or folk to stop coming, but he uh, he can't win. We've got to be faithful to the end. Just as he said, we got to be witness in a dark time. Just as he said, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Our conclusion tonight is that we as Christians should be lurking. Christians should always remember what the word says to apply it to their lives. You can't get more simple to this than this. What do you do when your life is utterly devastated? You remember what God says. That's what you do. You lurk on the word. Many times that's when we stop coming to church, when we stop listening to sermons, when we stop studying our Bible, and we stop coming. Ah, to Sunday school, we, we, we stop being in places like this Wednesday Zoom Bible study. When trouble hits, it's not time for you to stop. It's time for you to lurk the word of God in Jesus' name. Lastly, Bethlehem and saints of God, before you leave tonight, you need to lurk on this statement if you didn't understand it before, because I, I say it so much, but I, I mean it every time I see Psalms or John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And you've heard this over and over again. But you're in a turmoil time. Maybe God is trying to get your attention and trying to get you to lurk on the meaning of the word that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that whosoever is you believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Do you ever remember a time where you gave your life to Jesus Christ. Do you ever remember a time where you prayed this simple prayer? Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you're the way, the truth, and the life that no man cometh to the father but by you. I believe that you died for my sins, was buried and raised again on the third day so that today I may be saved. Come into my heart come into my life. I give my life away to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise the Lord. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you're anywhere near Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, I want to tell you, uh, not invite you to church anymore. I want to tell you to come on home because you've been born into the body of Jesus Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. And I want to see you this coming Sunday at the 11 a.m. service and after the service, I, I want you to come down after I finish preaching and let me know that you've prayed to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior while listening to 
our Wednesday Zoom Bible study. We'll accept you in the body of Christ right here at Bethlehem Baptist Church and lead you and guide you in the way that you should go in your Christianity. The first step of obedience is baptism. So we need you to come on down and let me know. And we'll set that baptismal uh, time and accept you into the body of Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. But if you're listening uh, other ways, other places and times, and you pray that prayer for the first time, you must find a church home. And you may be in a place where you may have to. If you don't have church home, you may have to start a church home uh, right out of your own house. But you need to collectively gather together with believers to study the word of God and to grow in your faith. So that's why I say you must find a church home. We look forward uh, for you joining the body of Christ in a local church home in Jesus' name. I want to thank you once again for joining us tonight in our Wednesday Zoom Bible study. Remember Bethlehem, we are fasting and praying this coming Friday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Fast and pray for our church. Fast and pray for your burdens or your trials and tribulations that you're going through. Uh, stand on the word of God and fast and pray because I believe that God has victory for you during this time in Jesus' name. Uh, Bethlehem, I want to thank you for joining us tonight and saints of God. And let me go ahead and give the benediction, shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you, we glorify your holy name. We thank you for this opportunity to meet in your word. We ask you, Father, as we go forward, that you touch us intimately. And we know tonight we've been in the presence of God as we are in the word of God. Encourage our hearts, minds, and souls in Jesus Christ. Enable us to make it through a time such as this. Put your hedge of protection around us. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again. And the people of God said, amen. And praise the Lord, Bethlehem, you are dismissed. If you were encouraged tonight, send this link on to family and friends. Thank you.